Hello, dear friends. I do hope you recognize that theme song because if you do, you know what time it is, not where the time of day it is where you're hearing this broadcast or night, but it's time for Let's Talk About Jesus, our online Bible study. And we're so grateful for you that have come back again to gather around the Word of God with us. Amen. You know, the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder and separating between flesh and spirit, only book in the world that defines and separates that that eternal essence of our being from the temporal, carnal, fleshly part of our being. And today we're going to feed that that spiritual man today. Praise God. Though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. And the Word of God is indeed soul food today. Praise God. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1. And we're going to be talking about and teaching on the subject, going on to perfection today. Going on to perfection. Listen to what the scriptures say, and then we're going to teach about this and talk about this today. Amen. It says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, that means the initial foundational principles of the doctrine of Christ. It doesn't mean leaving them as if they're no longer vitally important to us. These fundamental foundational truths that brought us into the kingdom of God whereby we are saved. The the doctrines that are true and the dogma that is true and the creed that is right. No, it means going on from. It means building on that foundation foundation, not uh, destroying that foundation or moving beyond that foundation. It means building on. And an actual reference in a study Bible, it would say, therefore, going on from the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Another reference here is to maturity. In one translation, it says, to excellence. And that that word is very important to me today, to express to you where God wants to take you, where God wants to take me after I come to Christ as my Savior and get established in that true faith that saved me. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, going on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works or of faith toward God or of the doctrine of baptism. Some people get hung up on baptism formulas, and we should have a biblical formula for baptism. But somebody and some people and some denominations make it an issue of your salvation itself. Uh, So if that particular formula is not followed in the words spoken as we're baptized, we can't go to heaven. If we had all the rest of the Bible embraced Christ as our Savior, became washed in the blood and sealed by the Holy Spirit, it becomes a a formula that is quoted properly, uh, and that is simply not what the scriptures teach. We we don't make that the primary, premier doctrine of scripture. It is the blood of Jesus. It is the 
cross of Christ. It is the salvation plan of God. It is the thief on the cross that Jesus says today, you're going to be with me in paradise. Friend of mine, he did not come and suffer such a death uh, to send us to hell on a technicality. He came to seek and to save the lost. And that is no more, no more evident than when the man being crucified beside him said, Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Praise God. Hallelujah. Friend of mine, I'm glad for that Savior today. How about you? It's that kind of grace that saved you. And that kind of great, that amazing grace that saved us if we know Christ as our Savior. Listen, and of the doctrine of baptisms or of the laying on of hands or of the resurrection of the dead or of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permit. What? We will, we will go from these great and important truths and not get hung up on any one of them and camp out there. We're to go on to completeness, to go on to perfection, to go on to excellence. Many Christians, dear friend, have <laughs> their spiritual development has stopped short of God's plan and purpose to perfect us, to mature us, to complete us. We grow old without ever growing up. And I've been a pastor for many years, and I am, I've been a Christian for more years than I've been a minister. And I'm going to tell you right now, amen, I am, I am indeed growing old, yes, in, in physical years. Uh, but I feel that I'm also growing up in my spiritual life. Praise God. It is so good to not have camped out on any particular part of of the foundational truths that we need to hold tightly to, to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. But having done that and ha- and continuing to do that, we don't camp out on that. We build on that. Going on to perfection, completeness, maturity, and excellence. I like what Vince Lombardi said to his football team, a very effective coach, a coach with, that motivated his teams to many victories. He said, you can never achieve perfection, for it is not possible. But if you pursue perfection, you can catch excellence. I like that. And I believe that's exactly what the Scripture is teaching right here. We can't be sinlessly perfect to where we never have a need to confess a sin or repent of a sin, but we cannot let sin Reign, And we can certainly never go back and live that life as if we had never known Christ and the freedom he grants us and offers us. Listen, friend of mine, we can live a life that represents both our king and his kingdom in such a way that we can catch excellence. Glory be to God. If you want to catch excellence today, amen, turn with me to Second Peter chapter 1 beginning with verse 5. Let's read it together. 
It said, and beside this, remember, not, not leaving the foundation, but going on from or building upon the foundations. Let's go on to perfection and understanding it as excellence through maturity and completeness. Listen. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Here's where we begin to build from the foundation. Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance, do you see the building going up? And to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness. It's getting higher, isn't it? It's becoming more than a one-story building. It's no longer just a foundation for a building. It is now becoming a building that is growing taller. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. The crowning. That's that's a roof. <laughs> Hallelujah. When we get to divine agape love. For if these things, notice this, underscore these things. If these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. That word barren means idle. And that's the the primary reason for unfruitfulness in the Christian life, that we become idle. And instead of going on, we sit down somewhere in a satisfied state short of what God would be satisfied with. And that is making us more like his son and our savior, Jesus Christ. Romans eight twenty nine says, For whom he did foreknow, he did predestine to be conformed to the image of his son. It says in the scripture, be not conformed to this world. Don't let the world press you into its mold, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. <laughs> and that is to become complete and mature in Christ enough that we can, we can have an excellent representation of his kingdom in this sin-darkened world and his king in particular and our king, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Listen, if these things, but he that lacketh these things, these things, once again, is blind and cannot see afar off and forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. This is the attitude of the backslider. Amen. Listen, wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, here, underscore this, these things again. What is the result? Ye shall never fall. Praise God. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of, underscore it, these things, though we know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it's meet. It's appropriate, in other words, as long as I'm in this tabernacle, in this body, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Oh, I want to be stirred up today. How about you? I want the fire and the flame of God to be stirred up in me, knowing that shortly I must put off my tabernacle, my fleshly home, fleshly body, as it were. 
even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able after my decease to have these things, there it is again, in remembrance. (laughs) Glory to God. He said, before I leave, I don't want to leave you just sitting on a foundation. I want to leave you building on that foundation, going on to perfection. And he says, add to your faith virtue. Add to your faith virtue. Listen, in your faith, one translation said, supply virtue. This is the first of several, seven, in fact, qualities that are essential to the exercise and the demonstration and the living out of our faith. In the Greek, virtue properly denotes whatever procures preeminent estimation of a person or thing. Intrinsic eminence, moral goodness. Listen to First Peter 2 and verse 9. It says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises, and it's the Greek word virtues here, that we're to add to our faith, to show forth the praises. This not just this is not about a worship service and praising God. This is about showing his character, his 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 his, his preeminent <laughs> intrinsic eminence, hallelujah. The virtues of him who hath called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. Think of the awesome privilege God desires to put on open display the virtues of His Son, His marvelous light in and through the child of God, the believer. Someone once has said the world doesn't need another definition of Christianity, but it desperately needs another demonstration of Christianity. Some great preacher of old, I forget who he was, but I never forgot what he said. He said, every Christian should be the gospel bound in shoe leather. Hallelujah. Christ's character is developed in us through the fruit of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit supply power to do whatsoever Christ did. But the fruit of the Spirit supply power to be what Christ did was. So the first is to add to your faith virtue. And second is knowledge. Knowledge in Jewish thinking and throughout the Bible, knowledge had little to do with intellectual contemplation or philosophical thought, but always related to the practical identification of one person with the heart, mind, and will of another. Are you getting what it's meant here today? It is regularly used in Scripture to describe man's personal relationship with God. Jeremiah 24, 7 says, And I will give them a heart to know me. Hallelujah. That is the prophecy concerning the new covenant that was God was going to bring through the shed blood of Jesus. I'll give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, 
and I will be their God, for they shall return unto me with their whole heart. Hallelujah. The Greek noun for knowledge, as it's used here, denotes knowledge of a spiritual truth. This always involves the knowledge of God through the knowledge of Christ. You know, the Bible said, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And it's not just the logos on the page. It is, amen. It is Christ, the word made flesh. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I am the way I am the truth and I am the life. Praise God. Then the knowledge that results from the study of God's Word, the revelation of God's Word, the love and of, for man and the will of God for man. Add to your faith knowledge. Hallelujah. And then third is temperance. Temperance or self-control simply stated. 1 Corinthians 9.25 says, And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Literally, everyone that contends for the prize exercises self-control or self-discipline. Faith can never flourish where the flesh is not controlled. If we never conquer self, we can never conquer, conquer Satan. And if we do not conquer self, we can never conquer sin. Second only, listen, second only to 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 the 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 discipline of 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 a of an athlete running every day getting ready for the Olympics uh, is the spiritual runner. Hallelujah. Amen. And and instead of being second to him, we ought to we ought to outrun him. Because they do it, Paul said, for a corruptible crown. And we're doing it for an incorruptible. Whatever he wins, whatever glories are bestowed upon him, amen, materially or, or in any other way, <laughs> is going to pass away. And what we are seeking to achieve is going to last throughout all eternal eternity. Hallelujah. We should be more highly motivated. We shouldn't be in second only to him. He should be second only to us. We should outrun any athlete, any sports star in terms of self-discipline, self-control, to bring glory and honor to our king. Hallelujah. Friend of mine, I'm going to tell you right now, if every Christian God is dedicated as that person training to to run the mile and break the record and running full out, if every Christian had the, the self-control to not let the flesh constantly overwhelm us and we instead put the flesh in its place. <laughs> the Apostle Paul put it this way. He said, I'm fighting to win this thing. Amen. I, I, I don't fight as one that beateth the air. I buffet my body and I bring it into subjection. Amen. Hallelujah. Lest ha lest after having preached to others. And boy, the easiest thing is it. It's so easy for me to preach the gospel. It's when I get down to living it out, walking it out, being an example to the flock is the challenge in my life. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. Preaching to the flock. Oh, man, that's piece of cake. Well, it's not always easy. The flock is not always that attentive or that, that, that desiring to hear what's said. But I'm going to tell you right now, the, when you're anointed of God, you can override all of those distractions and declare God's truth without apology. But when it comes time for me to walk it out. I have to buffet my body, bring it into subjection. Like anybody else, I have to deny myself and take up my cross in order to follow Christ. Hallelujah. But it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it, dear friend. Hallelujah. Patience is the next virtue we're to add to our faith. Patience. In the Greek, it means cheerful, Hopeful endurance. <laughs> Amen. You know, if, if we knew, if we lose the joy of our salvation, if we lose the joy of the Lord, we will never be able to endure hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. Second only to suffering, waiting may be the greatest teacher and trainer in godliness, maturity, and genuine spirituality that we will ever encounter. Did you say second to suffering? Absolutely. Because the scripture declares, after you have suffered for a while, he will establish, strengthen, and settle you. Praise God. Friend of mine, that's where we can begin. I, until that occurs, you can't really sing, I shall not be moved. But when you're established, strengthened, and settled, turning resolutely in a right direction, you will not be moved. These things will cause us to never fall, dear friend. Patience then develops. Endurance, cheerful, hopeful endurance. Colossians 1.11 says, Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. <laughs> joyfulness. I can endure if I don't lose my soul. That's why the, the writer says, God is my strength. He's my song and now he's become my salvation amen he's my strength he's my song and he has become my salvation strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness praise god hebrews 10:36 says but you have need of patience that if you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Friend of mine, the scripture where it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me, is not about charismata. It's not about power to do miracles, laying hands on the sick. That exists. That has a place. But it's not this place. That's not what Paul is talking about, is being able to do the supernatural gifts of the Spirit or allow them to flow. It, it is this. I am equal to anything through Christ which strengthens me. I am equal to it because of the grace that he 
grants to me, the patience that is being exercised in me, the temperance, hallelujah, praise God, the knowledge and the virtue, glory to the Lord. Listen, godliness is the fifth of these seven virtues. Godliness, to the Greek, godly meant the fulfillment of obligations and resultant acceptability to God. In the New Testament use, the godly person has restructured his life around Jesus and is living that life as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And that's why 1 Timothy 4, 7 says, Rather, exercise thyself unto godliness. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen, godliness is something that is not mentioned nearly as much as it needs to be today. It's living a life to the pleasing of God rather than to please oneself or others. We're obligated by love and not law. We become a, a, a to come to a place of a depth of devotion, a grateful love where pleasing God actually pleases us. <laughs> then we become godly men and women. I like Psalm 4 and 3. It says, But know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. And number six of these virtues is brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness Ephesians 4.32, and be ye kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Be ye kind for one, to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. You see, kindness is linked to, ha to relating to one another in such a way that we don't hold grudges and we don't, we don't hold back forgiveness. Hallelujah. We, we, we never let the sun go down on our wrath. Amen. In the Old Testament, kindness is usually a, a translation of the Hebrew word hasid. It indicates faithfulness to a relationship. In particular, God's commitment to love His covenant people. Hallelujah. It indicates faithfulness in a relationship. To show kindness is to act in a loyal, loving way to a person. It is what causes Jesus to say to us, I will emphatically in the Greek in the New Testament, I will never, no, never leave you nor forsake you. Someone said it's taking never to the fifth power. <laughs> Hallelujah. I will never, no, never, 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 never leave you nor forsake you. That's the kind of loving kindness that God bestows upon his children. And it's the kind of kindness that we should operate in, in a relationship to our brothers and sisters. I can't help but, but, but hurt you in some way. Not intentionally, I assure you. But I can't, I can't, I can't help in having a relationship and not disappoint someone. 
And if you'll tell me what I did, I pray I can ask for forgiveness. But even if I don't know what I did and you're still offended, if you would still forgive me, it would help me and it would help you that we could maintain and sustain the love of the brethren in the bond of peace. In the New Testament, it indicates moral goodness that enables a person to be kind and friendly to one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. We built this building six stories high. Actually, this is the roof. It's not really a story. It's the roof. It's charity, divine agape love. Galatians 5 and 6 says, Faith which worketh by love. Scripture says to follow after faith and hope and charity, divine agape love, and the greatest of these is love. Love is the crowning virtue of the Christian character. Development in divine love is not the least of all the necessary virtues because it is listed last. Rather like climbing up a ladder with each preceding virtue as the rungs in the ladder, love is the crowning achievement, the consummation of the Holy Spirit's work in our life is to be able to receive his love and to express his love, hallelujah, to each other and to others that we meet in such a way that the God's very person, see, God has power, but the scripture says God is love. Hallelujah. And by this, this particular virtue and all of the benefits and blessings of it in our life, shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Praise God is the most convincing part of our testimony. And no wonder the devil tries to keep us divided, to to keep us nursing uh, our hurts and not letting go, when uh, not showing mercy and grace to people who disappoint us and fail us. We're all faulty. Amen. <laughs> Someone said to err is, is human. Uh, to blame somebody else is even more human. Well, we need to get beyond our old fallen weak flesh and begin to walk and live in the spirit. Hallelujah. That we might represent a different kingdom than the kingdoms of this old world. You know, the, the Christian hymn of old says, the kingdoms of this world shall soon before him fall. Friend of mine, I'm looking for a soon coming king whose name is Jesus Christ. I'm living in a kingdom that has come to live in me. And I want to represent that kingdom in such a way in spite of my weaknesses, my fallacies and and my failures that others can see him somewhere in me to see the virtues of him that called me out of darkness into his marvelous light 
that we might put on the armor of light, go out into a world ruled by the rulers of the darkness of this world, fight the good fight of faith, and show somebody the wondrous gospel of Jesus Christ that can bring them to salvation. Let's do it together. Let's do it as one body, with one voice, telling the world about Jesus today. And if you don't know Him as your Savior, I pray that you can feel Him, that you can sense Him, that the Holy Spirit is right there where you are right now, testifying of Him and saying, Yeah, you're lost. Yeah, you're, your sins are despicable. But God loves you. Christ died for you. Don't run from Him. Run to Him. Confess your sin. Repent of them. He will embrace in you. Embrace you. He will pardon you. <laughs> he will save your soul and seal you for heaven. In Jesus' name.